ministering at Point Loma tonight, and then there's a crew at Revival Alliance Conference at HROC, and then there's a crew that didn't decide to come back home for spring break. And so uh, just wanted to, just so you understand what's going on tonight, but man, I'm so excited because the presence of the Lord is in this place. And uh, man, it, it's been a powerful night so far, and, and so it, it's going to be, it's just going to keep getting better and better. So Lord, uh, Lord, we just thank you for your presence that's in this place. God, we thank you for uh, mindsets, Lord, that as we pursue this renewing of the mind, being transformed by the renewing of the mind, God, I thank you that you would literally like help us exchange some of our wrong mentalities for truth and for what your mentality, the mind of Christ. I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Tonight we are in, we're starting a series called Mindsets. Everyone say Mindsets. And uh, man, the, the whole idea is that we're talking about different biblical mentalities to approach life with. And, and the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your, your mind. And so if you want to change the way you live, change the way you think, it's, it's just the way it is. It's, it's not like, it's not like, you know, uh, motivational speaking or just positive thinking. It's scriptural. It's like saying like, if we want to change the way that we live, if we want to see our lives in the fullness of what God has for us, we have to change the way we think because we're transformed by the renewing of our, our mind. So tonight I want to start uh, this series by talking about a victorious mindset. Everyone say victorious. Victorious mindset. That's what we're talking about tonight. And so if you're there, Romans 8, we're going to start in verse 28. I'm going to read out of the ESV, and then we're going to look at uh, another translation. But here we go. Romans 8, 28. Ah, this is so good. And we know that for those who love God, all things, someone say all things, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers or sisters. You know what I'm saying? Verse 30, and those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This is a lot of theology right here. Uh, for the sake of now, it's just really good stuff for your life, okay? Uh, verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? And the, these things is all that good stuff that we just read. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously or freely give us all things? Come on, pause right there. If God gave Jesus for you, and that's the best thing that he could ever do, he gave you the best blessing, everything else is a lesser blessing, and it's just really easy for God to give it to you. If he gave you Jesus, it's the guarantee of all the lesser blessings. Amen, that's a good word. Verse 33, who shall bring any charge against God elect? Touch your neighbor and say, he's talking about you now. He's talking about you. <laughs> I'm choking on the smoke. <laughs> it is God who justifies. 
Verse 34, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus, the one who died more than that, who was raised alive, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Verse 36, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, no, everyone say no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Everyone say, boom! Come on! This is... This is, man, I'm telling you, if you want any passage that will help you have a victorious mindset, Romans 8 is the book, is, is the book, the chapter, Lord have mercy. The Romans 8 is the chapter of victory. Man, uh, in all these things, notice it didn't say, you know, when the times are going good, we're, we're overcoming. He said, in all these things, the tribulation, the, the, all the, the distress, the persecution, the famine, all that stuff, he's saying, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Now, I want to read this same passage, but I want to read it from the voice translation. It's, a, it's a, kind of like the message. It's like a modern, modern version. But this is what it says in the voice. It says, we, in verse 828, we are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to work towards something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. From the distant past, his eternal love reached into the future. You see, he knew those who would be his one day, and he chose them beforehand to be conformed to the image of his son so that Jesus would be the firstborn of a new family of believers, all brothers and sisters. As for those he chose beforehand, he called them to a different destiny so that they would experience what it means to be made right with God and share in his glory. Oh, it's just getting better. Verse 31. So what should we say about all of this? If God is on our side, then tell me, Whom should we fear? Verse 32, if he did not spare his own son, but handed him over on our account, then don't you think that he will graciously give us all things with him? Can anyone be so bold as to level a charge against God's chosen? Especially since God's not guilty verdict is already declared. Who has the authority to condemn? Jesus, the anointed who died, but more importantly, conquered death when he was raised to sit at the right hand of God, where he pleads on our behalf. So who can separate us? What can come between us and the love of God's anointed? Can troubles, hardships, persecution, hunger, poverty, danger, or even death? The answer is absolutely nothing. As the psalm says, on your behalf, our lives are endangered constantly. We are like sheep awaiting slaughter. Verse 37, but no matter what comes... Let's say that together. No matter what comes, one more time. No matter what comes, we will always taste victory through him who loved us. We should say that again together. Ready, set, go. But no matter what comes, we will always taste victory through him who loved us. Let's say it again. But no matter what comes, we will always taste victory through him who loved us. Wow. That's a word for somebody tonight. No matter what comes. 
But we're going to keep reading. Verse 38, for I have every confidence that nothing, not death, life, heavenly messengers, dark spirits, the present, the future, spiritual powers, height, depth, nor any created thing can come between us and the love of God revealed in the anointed Jesus, our Lord. That's enough to make you want to shout. You know what I'm saying? That is enough victory in one section of scripture that's like, ah, you know, like, I, it, if we had that, that organ going, it would get wild right now. I'm just telling you, this is enough to make you shout. Here's the key tonight. I want you to know that you can live above your circumstances. I want you to know that you can, you can learn. You can have a mindset that allows you to make the most of every situation. You, you can have a mindset that allows you to overcome in any situation. You can have a mindset that allows you to hold on to God's promises and not to be defeated, but to be victorious. There's, there's so many Christians walking around living a defeated lifestyle and living like a victim, like, like the world owes them something, like the world has to fix all their problems because this person didn't do this for me and, and this person didn't do that for me and the police need to do this and the government needs to do this and the church needs to do this. Well, why don't you just get up off yourself and just do it for yourself? Like be a powerful person and allow yourself to not live a defeated lifestyle but to have a victorious life. If all that stuff we just read is true, then you have no excuse to live a defeated lifestyle any longer. Amen. We are not just stuck in what will be, will be, say la vie. You know, like we're not, we're not just stuck in this. Like, there, let me just tell you this. There is no such thing as bad luck. There is no such thing as karma. <laughs> There's such thing as sowing and reaping, but karma, <laughs> did you know that's like a demonic thing in another religion? <laughs> did you know that? I'm not trying to, I, I get it because I know what we mean when we say it, but I'm just trying to get you to be for real. You know, like I heard one preacher say, luck is not of God because luck, when you go to the, when you go to the derivative and the etymology, it goes down to Lucifer. Luck is part of Lucifer. Hey, <laughs> but we're blessed. There's blessing and cursing and that's reality. There's a blessing and there's cursing in this world. How many understand that it's not just chance. It's not just fate. It's not just serendipity. <laughs> God is orchestrating all things. We just read this. God is orchestrating all things, working them all together for your good. How many all know that's a blessing? That is the blessing of God. And when the blessing of God's not on your life, you can be subject to cursing. It doesn't just, cursing just doesn't mean some sketchy looking witch, you know, with a big nose and a mole sticking out there and scraggly hair, putting a rabbit's foot in a pot of stew, saying some kind of chance. That's not just cursing. Cursing, <laughs> although it could be, and there's witches today that you curse and whatever, you know, we're under the blood of Jesus. They can't touch us. Amen. <laughs> but sometimes cursing is talking bad about yourself. Sometimes cursing is looking in the mirror and, and saying things about yourself. And even yesterday, I found myself talking about a song that I recorded and, and someone was asking me about a song that I wrote. And I said, yeah, well, that's not really not that good of a recording. And I caught myself and I'm like, wait a second. Like, what the, why am I talking trash about my life? Why am I, why am I, why am I creating an atmosphere with my words for cursing instead of blessing? You know what I'm saying? So there's no such thing as bad luck. There's no such thing as, well, as karma. It's, it's, let me just say this. Bad things don't just happen to you. Like, sometimes people live with this, like, mindset, like, well, just bad things happen to me. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just, bad things happen. You know, I just get in car accidents. I just get sick all the time. I just, I, you know, like, I just do bad at, in, in, in school. I just do bad at this. But, like, why do you keep saying that over your life? It is going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy that you just created a pathway of cursing to walk into with your words. 
Come on, man. You are not stuck. You are not defeated. You are not stuck in a lifestyle of just tragedy and defeat. But God said that you're blessed. You're an overcomer. You're loved with an everlasting love. You are more than a conqueror. You're not just a conqueror. Scripture said you are more than a conqueror. In Greek, it's hooper nikeo. Nikeo is where Nike comes from, which means to conquer in victory. That's why they're the coolest shoes in the world. You know, you know, what, I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just... <laughs> but but hooper means over and above. It means to throw beyond. Like if I was shooting an arrow at a target, it would be like to shoot the thing way over. You know what I'm saying? You know how it is. Like when I play basketball, <laughs> that's how it is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's go. Oh, and then it hits like some kid in the playground way over yonder. You know, like, sorry, I'm just practicing my hoops. Hooper, what? I just did that. And so... <laughs> The hooper, Nikeo, though, hooper means to be thrown way beyond, like far over, far above, like exceeding, like better than anything else. This is what God is saying about you. He's saying that you are a conqueror, but then wait, there's more. Throw it over, above, like farther than you can even dream. You are a overwhelmingly like surpassing conqueror. It's not even like, oh, well, they were neck and neck in the, in the Super Bowl or the whatever, the March Madness games. And all the, oh, my gosh, they beat them by two points. We're like, no, 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 no. It was like the, the devil got zero and you got like a billion. This is, that's overwhelmingly, you know what I'm saying? That is more than a conqueror. It's not like, well, there was such a struggle between light and darkness. <laughs> like, no, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. I'm telling you, this will change the way you view your life. Because I'm telling you, sometimes we walk around, and, and, and I mean, I'm telling you this, the second you start feeling sorry for yourself is when you start living defeated. <sighs> it's not, I'm telling you, and sometimes it attracts, like it attracts negativity to your life when you start feeling sorry for yourself. Be like, listen, man. We all have a sob story. We all have some dysfunction that we grew up in. You know what I'm saying? Like some of our families put the fun in dysfunction. You know what I'm saying? Like we just grew up in some messy situations. I'm laughing about it just because I want us to like think of it a little bit lighter. But like some of us grew up in some funky stuff, right? But the reality is, is what are you going to do about it? We can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond to the situations. That's called a victorious mindset. And this man, I'm telling you, sometimes we look at circumstances and we get defeated without even fully facing them. It's like those, you know, those football movies and they like the other teams like pummeling them for the whole first first half. And then they get into the, the you know, the, the halftime and they're all sitting around like kicking their football helmets over, you know, like, you know, pushing everybody, you know, like they're all angry at each other, like all looking down. The coach comes in. He's like, what's the matter with you guys? You know, and then like veins are popping out of his neck. And he's like, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to live in a van. No, that's the, that's a different one. That's a different one. You want to end up living in a van down by the river? Wrong one. Denzel goes in there and talks, you know, remember the Titans. Let's remember, let's you know, let's remember the Titans or, or the Friday Night Lights. The, you, know, you know what I'm saying? They have those halftime speeches and they all turn around and they're, ah, I'm going to kill somebody, you know, and then they go and beat the whole thing. But how many understand, like, if the coach didn't come in there and, and encourage them and remind them who they were and remind them what they could do, they would be, they're already defeated before they got back out there. Sometimes, like, just like sports teams, we get defeated in the locker room before we even face our circumstances. Whoa, come on, man. And, and God is like, hey, hey, hey. 
wake up, bro. You are more than a conqueror. And, I, and, and he says, I am persuaded. I am convinced. I have every confidence that nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God. Nothing. And so, man, sometimes it happens. We look, and, and like school happens. We're already thinking about next Monday or next Tuesday. We're like, oh, Lord. If you could give my, my professor some kind of sickness so they could not come in. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You don't, we don't pray those prayers. But, <laughs> you know, you're thinking of all kinds of things like, Lord. We're thinking we're already, we're already defeated in the locker room before we get to class. We're already defeated before we get to the homework, you know, and we're like, ah. Oh. Or sometimes we deal with relationships like this. We're like so afraid to go and talk to that person that is awkward to talk to. And, and by, you know, and we already, we already lost the conversation in our minds before we even actually talk to them. It's defeated lifestyle, man. We can't live this. And, and, or with, a, with work or a job or a career, we're already going like, well, I, I don't have enough education to get that career. I don't have this. I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't look good enough. I don't, whatever, the, you know, whatever excuses we got going on in our minds, we have already defeated ourselves in the locker room before we even put the application in. It's craziness. This happens in sickness sometimes. We're like, well, I just always get sick. The thing's going around. We're like, no, man, you know what's going around? The anointing is going around and it's touching people and it's, I'm catching a healing. I'm getting more healthy. Like this dude's getting more healthier because he's standing, he's sitting right next to me. I'm standing, he's getting more healthy because the glory of God's on my life. That's how I got to live my, that's how you got to live your life, man. Come on, like Jesus, you don't know, this is like the Old Testament. If you touch the leper, the, the leprosy would get on you. In the New Testament, Jesus reaches out his hand and touches the leper and says, be clean. And they immediately the leprosy got off of him. This is how we have to live life, man. Like, there's a story I was reading about Heidi Baker in, in Mozambique, and there was this plague, like literally a plague. I forget what the name of the disease was. And she was, the, the whole, like all of her children, they're all, it was like literally, I know this sounds crazy, but literally everybody was dying. I know I make jokes about like the end of movies. Oh, you didn't see the movie? Everyone died at the end. Like literally everybody was dying in her, in her like uh, camp place. And it was like, some, I forget what the actual disease was, but this is her, and it was extremely contagious. But instead of going like, oh, I can't go over there because I might get sick, this is Heidi Baker staying, and, and, and she went to, because they had like a, a hospital for them. They set up a tent, and, uh, and it was basically like a dying ground. It was like they quarantined these people way out in the middle of nowhere so no one else can get sick from this thing. And this is her, not just sitting back, I'll be praying for you back at camp. She goes to the camp, and she sits with them and, and, and holds these kids and prays with them and prays with them and prays with them and praise with them. After, I think about a month of this, almost a, a while, like, like weeks, like weeks of just praying and praying and God move, God move. And people are getting sick and people are dying and all this stuff. And or actually, no, no, no. Her, her people never actually died. They, they just were just sick. And it was just, if I got graphic, it would be, it, it would, it was just nasty stuff was going on. Like their bodies were excreting things. Okay. And so she's saying there, and she's holding these kids. She's holding and then all of a sudden, one day, everything flipped. Like, I'm, it all flipped. And, and the healing of God came, and not one of the people that were a part of, of her organization uh, died, and they all got well. And the, through the whole time, she never got sick. This is a victorious mindset, man. Even in the midst of sickness, we were in Uganda in 2008, and, and I, man, we, we saw miracles and 
all this powerful, like a lot of people getting saved. And Ben Fogelstrom was my roommate. And we, one night, it was the last night of the whole thing. And I was throwing up out of both ends. I'm just, I'm just gonna say it. I said it. I, it was bad, man. It was bad. And I don't honestly, it was, I just knew it was a demonic attack. I just, I just knew. And so this is me in the middle, <laughs> like, I'm like throwing up in the middle of that, in, in, in the middle of vomit things, you know, intermittently, I'm like, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't care, man. You can throw whatever. I am still going to hold on to the promise of God. It, this is a victorious mindset. We're like, well, I guess I got it. Ah, sorry. You know, and there's just, and just like, accept it. Like it's part of your life. Like, forget that, man. I'm not just talking about sickness. I'm talking about anything that's contrary to the will of God for your life. Like anything. I, man, so sometimes circumstances blind us to the goodness of God because we get so overwhelmed by what's going on in life and, it's, and then all of a sudden we forget like, oh, wait a second, I'm more than a conqueror. Oh, wait a second, God is my provider. Oh, wait a second, I'm really blessed. Oh, wait a second, like, like how many times has he broken through in my life and paid for my bills when I needed him to pay for in the last 15 years? You know, like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know, and we need a reminder of, wait a second, wait, wait, wait. I am more than a conqueror because that's what God said about me. We've got to flip that and just exchange our defeated mentalities for a victorious one. Here, here's what I want you to see. When we don't think that there's another way, we don't look for it. Like in other words, let me say that phrase again. When we don't think there's another way, we don't look for it. When we're thinking defeated, we cut ourselves off from the victory that could be ours. Like, it's the whole idea that champions aren't those who never fail. They're those who never quit. This is the thing. If you don't believe that there is a possibility of victory, then you will never reach for it. It's like, it's like if you were, you know, it's like castaway. You know, if you, <laughs> if you never thought anyone was coming, right? If you're stuck way out somewhere, then you would just set up shop. And I mean, you would have to kind of set up shop if you were there as long as that guy was, but do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, if you don't believe that there's a possibility for your breakthrough, you're never going to reach for it. And you'll just accept it, a defeated, a defeated lifestyle. But this is, this is what happens. It's like, a, it's like a satellite, you know, like if you get like dish television or dish network or direct TV, right? Is that right? There's all these channels for you and they're floating in the airwaves. Like there is all these channels floating in the airwaves. And if you don't have a satellite, you won't get them. It doesn't mean that they aren't there. It just means that you can't receive them because you don't have the satellite. Oh, you following what I'm saying? In the same way, breakthrough is floating around in the atmosphere, in the promises of God, in the scripture, and it's a victorious mindset that allows you to see it and take hold of it for your life. I feel like I might need to say this again. Listen, listen. <laughs> You get that satellite chilling up there and all of a sudden you got all these channels that you never got before. You get, you know, movie channels, TBN and Daystar, hallelujah. You got all the different awesome, you got like thousands. What's it, Hallmark? Hallmark channel, okay, come on. Is that, <laughs> yeah, amen, come on. There's all these things floating around in the atmosphere. But if you don't have the satellite, you cannot pick up on it. It doesn't mean it's not there. Listen, it doesn't mean victory is not available to you. But if you don't have the mindset to actually gain, reach for it and actually believe that it's possible, then you'll never reach for it. And you'll just live a defeated life sitting on the bench waiting for someone else to rescue you. 
Are you with me on this? Breakthrough is yours, but it's the victorious mindset. It's the mindset that says, I can. And it's the mindset that says that this person uh, can change. Their life can shift. My relationships can shift. My work situation can shift. Uh, you know, you, you see it in all these situations in your life. All this, like my sickness can be healed. All of these things, instead of just sitting, well, I guess I'll just have to deal with this the rest of my life. No, 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 no. But you get that victorious mindset, all of a sudden there's realms of possibilities that open up to you that were never available to you before because you didn't have the satellite. Amen. Look at this, Proverbs 4.18. I love this. I love this verse. The way or the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The NIV just said it's like the first gleam of dawn. This is your life. You get born again. The light of God comes and shines and illuminates your heart and your your life just keeps getting better and better. This is the Bible, man. This isn't like Anthony Robbins, like think positive. You know what I'm saying? Like this is not on the Oprah show. This isn't Dr. Phil. This is the Bible. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter into the full light of day. Your life keeps getting better. Your life keeps getting brighter. Your life keeps getting shinier with the glory of God on your life. This is the path of the righteous. Oh, come on. I wish somebody believed this stuff tonight. Oh, this is how I live my life. I'm telling you the truth. This is how I live my life. I live and believe this stuff. I'm telling you, life gets hard, but I can't, I can't shake. I already know it. I can't unknow this. <laughs> I can't unknow that I'm blessed. I can't unknow that my life is getting better and better. I can't unknow that I'm going from glory to glory. I can't unknow that rivers of living water flow from within me. I can't unknow that I'm forgiven to be, for, to be forgiving. Are you with me? I cannot unknow this stuff. It's just there. If I try to walk away from it, it's like looking at myself in the mirror and then forgetting what I look like. <laughs> I, just, I just can't get away from it. It's the word of God. It's so good, man. It is so good. Ah, whoo. The way of the righteous, like the first gleam of dawn. Hallelujah. I'm, it's just so good, man. It's so good. I can't get away from the fact that, that I get to be a blessing everywhere I go. I can't get away from the fact that I'm blessed to be a blessing. I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't get away from the fact that, that, that people get blessed when I'm around because Jesus lives inside of me. Uh, you know, businesses just happen. We just happen to beat the rush when we get to places. Probably because the blessing of God just walked in the place. <laughs> it ain't me. It's just I carry Jesus. You carry Jesus. Like, like the, the quality of business is improved because you're just there carrying Jesus. I'm telling you, if you live your life like this, opportunities will present themselves over and over and over. I used to make this declaration on my life every day. I consistently lead other people into God encounters. And when I used to say that over my life every day, I, I would, everywhere I looked, there was an opportunity to lead someone to Christ in some form or fashion, to whether pray for them to be healed, to prophesy something they needed to hear, or to just be an encouragement, whatever it was, or to lead them, to preach the gospel and lead them to Christ. Like we were at, we were hanging out with some friends and we went to, um, What's that place? The taco bar right next to Menchie's off Las Posas. You know where that is? And we were just hanging out there eating. And I, 
And I, there's this lady, I'm like, hey, does she need prayer? You know, and we prayed for her and her back got healed and her knee got healed. And it was so awesome. Like, just say that with me. I consistently lead other people into God encounters. I guarantee if you start saying that, it trains your mind to think that way. And when you start thinking that way, all of a sudden opportunities open up and there's blessing everywhere you go. This is a victorious mindset. This is, this is men. Our lives are blessed. It doesn't mean we don't go through things, but it's the way that you see and perceive those things. God is always with me in the struggle, in, in, the, in the struggle, in the, in the struggle, in all them struggles. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> in, all, in all them struggles, the Lord be with me all day long. I feel like I'm from the south of Louisiana. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm going to give you a few keys, okay, to grow in a victorious mindset. Number one, remember God's promises. Remember God's promise. If you don't know God's promises, then you got a book to tell you about. It's called the Bible. You should learn verses for every circumstance you go through in life. I'm not just talking about memory verses just so you can know the Bible. I'm talking about knowing God's plan and purpose and promise for every single circumstance in your life. Like, like when I got, when I was... Thinking about relationships, I'm thinking like, what does the Bible have to say about relationships? And I found out, not just because someone told me, but I found out that the Bible has nothing to say about dating. <laughs> but I, you know what I'm saying? But it does have a lot to say about marriage. It does have a lot to say about purity. It does have a lot to say about Christian character. And so why don't I just take those and, and implement those into my relationships? When I, when I was thinking about what does God say about, you know, speaking in tongues? Oh my gosh, there's a whole chapter in the Bible on it. What does God say about healing the sick? It's there. It's everything everywhere. You know, there's so many things and circumstances. What does God say about schoolwork? Well, uh, you know, maybe like whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's your hand finding to do something like this, you know what I'm saying? Or like this, Hey, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> do it with all of your heart as serving the Lord, not men. Wow. That would change your school life. Praise the Lord that I'm not in school anymore. Cause that would convict me right now. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm still in school. I just don't have to do papers. I read the Bible, I read books, I listen to podcasts, I seek the Lord. I'm in the, I'm in the university of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's the university that I go to. It, it meets every morning in my bedroom. It's crazy. We start out with prayer, we start out with worship and praise, then we have a time in the Word. It's a good university, man. I'll tell you, you all should try it. They, <laughs> it's located at Secret Place. That's the location. You take... You, <laughs> you get on that road <laughs> called passion and hunger, and, and then you take a right on revival. And then when you get down <laughs> the street, there's a house there called Secret Place. You just get in there, and the Father's there to meet you every day. Remember God's promises. Number one, what's that? Yeah, it's free tuition. Come on, that's a good. They don't even need a financial aid institute. It's for free. Free 99. Not even the 99, just free. Five-finger discount, right? You know what I'm saying? You just grab the word and open it up. What? Number one, if you want a victorious mindset, you have to remember God's promises. What has God said? And trust in it. I'm, ta I'm not talking about just knowing it. I'm talking about trusting in it. Ah, Lean not to your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Like, what did God say about provision? He said, Liz was preaching it earlier. She, she's talking about the birds. They don't, they don't stress, they don't toil, but your heavenly father feeds them. How much more valuable are you than, than the birds, right? Like, but, like the, the flowers, they're beautiful, but they don't do anything. They just trust their father to clothe them with their beauty. 
And so if, the, if this is how nature is doing it, how much more valuable are you? Like this is the promises of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Like, what does that mean to seek the kingdom and his righteousness? I don't know. You should figure it out. Try it. Try it. Like, <laughs> like you, you know what I mean? Like, I could, I could tell you an answer of what I think, but what if you, what if you had such a passion to understand what is the kingdom of God and what is his righteousness? What if you discovered that on your, it would mean way more than me telling you what it means. And then you would be a magnet for the provision of God because he says, if you do that, all these things will be added to you. Come on, remember God's promise. If you want to be victorious, just know what God says about any given situation. Number two, change your speech. Change your speech. This is huge. If you, if you want a victorious mindset, you got to change the way you talk because your talking actually uh, produces mindsets. 1 Peter 3, verse 10 says this. Whoever desires to love life and see good days. Anybody in, that, in the room want to love life and see good days? <laughs> Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. You got to change your speech. I want a victorious mindset. Well, you, you, stop talking defeat all day long. Stop talking victim all day long. You know, like you can turn it. You, you, you can use the, you know, the butt, you know, like, well, this is a, that sounded weird. <laughs> There's like a trail of jokes that I want to go down right now, but I'm, uh, I'm going to stay on the path of righteousness. Um, hey, man, this is really tough, but I just know God's going to break through. Hey, man, this is really tough, but God is still good in the midst of this thing. Man, th this is like really challenging. Like my family is going through a really tough time, but I'm, I'm praying and I'm trusting God to turn this thing around because he said he's committed to working all things together for my good. We change our speech. He said to keep your tongue from speaking evil and our lips from speaking deceit. You know, sometimes evil isn't just like, you know, like, ah, you know, it's not just like, you know, the latest paranormal activity movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not just evil. That is evil, but it's not like probably no one in the room. That's their daily form of evil. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes evil is, is, is like, like speaking unbelieving things. Sometimes you know, because it's the work of the devil. Doubt is the work of the devil. And sometimes we're, it doesn't mean that we can't be real human beings. You know what I'm saying? But it just means that sometimes we're rehearsing our doubts so much more. Like, we, you know, the Bible says meditate on the law day and night. And we're actually meditating on the doubt day and night. And we're like, we're not building a tree planted by streams of water. We're building like some weeds here and there. You know, it's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to, I don't want that in my life. I want to change my speech. I want to love life and see good days. So I'm going to keep my tongue from speaking evil and from speaking deceit. That means speaking lies over yourself. Like, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to talk about the things that I'm not really happy with about myself. Like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to actually learn to appreciate the way that God made me. I'm going to learn how to appreciate the uniqueness that I have. And, and instead of going like, well, I don't have this, be like, ha, nobody else is like me in the planet. I am so unique. You know, like, just turn it around. You know, nobody is as hairy as Andrew Wayne Hopkins. Thank you. Oh, maybe Eric. Okay, I'm sorry. We, we're not going to do a competition, but that, you know, <laughs> but I think he's got, got a few hairs on me. All right. That was weird. That was a little weird. Um, all I'm trying to say is, don't curse yourself. Your words are powerful. They help shape your mindset and how you approach life. And so I want to encourage you tonight. If you want this victorious mindset, just change the way you talk and match 
the goodness of God over your life. Number three, be grateful. Be grateful. I want to say this. Complaining has a like dirtying element to it. And on the other hand, thankfulness has a cleansing element. This is what I mean. Like you guys ever like complaining is like driving your car with a dirty windshield. Anyone ever do that? And, and because, because we know uh, how we roll, we take, you know, they're like at the last oil change. Oh, you want us to replace your windshield wipers? How much is that? 20 bucks? No, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll do it next time. And like five more times later, <laughs> your, your windshield wipers are like down to the metal and it's like, and you have like a, like a little, like a, it's like a little bow that's etched in. You know what I'm saying? It's just like etched in because you didn't change those things. And it's just crusty and all that stuff. And then like, you know, you're on a road trip. You got bugs still stuck on there from last year's road trip. You got all this kind of stuff. And you're driving and you, you, because it's your car, you're used to it. You're used to having it not just look straight, but you go down and a little bit to the right. And you know, like... Ain't nobody got time to get outside at the gas station and actually do the squeegee thing. We don't got time for that. We got things to do. And, we're, <laughs> and we drive like this because you're too lazy <laughs> to fix. Because <laughs> you all know that happens. Listen, this is what complaining is like. It gets junk all over your windshield and you can't see clearly. And now you have to adjust, you have to adjust your whole life around your negativity. <laughs> but I'm telling you, one moment of thanksgiving in prayer cleans the entire windshield. It is like going through Soapy Joe's down the street. You know, it's like they give you that, you all know that place, like five dollars, you know, for a, an awesome car wash. The more you complain about your circumstances, the more you won't be able to see what you actually do have. See, complaining is, is really focusing on what you don't have. But thankfulness is thanking God for what you do have and not focusing so much on what you don't have. How many, how many remember this story? Jesus feeding the 5,000. He didn't, <laughs> there's 5,000 plus people, probably around 15,000, but we'll just say 5,000. He, and, and this is what he said. He said, guys, can you guys get some food because we got to feed these people. And they're like, oh, Lord. <laughs> and so they steal some lunch from this little boy, poor kid. Like it was like five pieces of bread and two little sardine fishes. And they say, is this, uh, we have this. <laughs> and this is what Jesus did not do. He didn't go, are you kidding me? Is that it? How do you expect me to feed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish? And he could have started whining and complaining over what he didn't have. But you know what he did? He looked up to heaven and he said, thank you. He gave thanks. He blessed it, broke it. And all of a sudden the miracle happened. Instead of getting defeated and focusing on the negative, a victorious mindset sees what they can be grateful for, and they give thanks. That's what a victorious mindset does. Because that's what, that's what causes a defeated mindset. You start looking at everything you don't have and what people didn't do for you and what your family didn't do for you and the dysfunctions that your family had and the dysfunctions that this church had and the seven other churches that you left because they weren't perfect. <laughs> and the reality is, what if, what if, what if you stopped you got on your knees and say, Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for what the authorities have done in my life. I want to, I want to thank you for what this person is. I want to thank you for how my mom uh, didn't abort me, but she chose to have me. I want to, I want to thank you for, for allowing me to have breath in my lungs today. I want, to, I want to thank you that I actually have a job, and there's a lot of people who don't. I want to thank you for that, Lord. 
Now, I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you, I am guaranteeing you, if you do this, watch as it just cleanses away all the dirt, all the heaviness, all the junk that's weighed down. And all of a sudden, now you're victorious. You're, you're overcoming because not, you're, li- you're not living under the circumstances. Like, uh, you're like, hey, listen, this might be tough, but God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for what they have given me. Thank you for the opportunities. Thank you for the, for the love that they've shown me. They, they may not be perfect. That's okay. They're humans. I'm never going to expect them to be perfect. I'm not going to expect them to be God. Every time I expect someone to be God, I get disappointed. Huh. And when I say expect them to be God, I mean expect them to be perfect. Because God's the only perfect one. Every time you expect a human being to be perfect, you are putting God-sized expectations on a mere human being, and you will be disappointed every single time. But when you begin to thank God for what they are and not stumble over who they're not, my God, watch as not only your relationship with them gets transformed, but watch as your own life actually gets happier. <laughs> it's a victorious mindset. Number four, pray. I know this is crazy. Pray. Pray. There's a serenity prayer. Have you guys heard the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, courage to change the things that I can, and wisdom to know the difference. That's, that's a good word right there. Because there are some things that you actually can't change. You want to know what they are? People. I've tried. And all it does is it makes people mad with me. And I get mad at them. Please do not spend your time trying to change someone, but you can pray. And let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like Jesus doesn't need a, you know, a junior savior. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he just needs, hey, you just love them and you pray for them and let God do the work. Because there is, this, we need the serenity to accept the things. There's some things we can't change, but then there's the courage to do that, to work for the things we can. We, we're put on this earth to continue to destroy the works of the devil. Man, when we see oppression, when we see the spirit of fear sitting on someone's life, we, have the, we can have the courage to change that. Be like, I can get rid of that for you. <laughs> when someone's dealing with sickness, we, we can deal with that. The works of the devil, the lies and the different things, we can deal with that and, and, and love them with the, with the gospel. But man, I'm just trying to say like, we can't just try to make people fit into our mold of who we want them to be. And praying is a huge key. And I'm not even just talking about like conversational prayer. I'm talking about passionately seeking God. That kind of prayer we were doing earlier, where we were crying out to God, that's what I'm talking about. Because there's times where we're just like, God, thank you. You know, you're awesome. And you're just talking about your day. But I'm talking about this, this passionate seeking the heart of God. And, and I'm talking about th- this type of prayer allows you to tap into heaven's culture. This, this is why I believe Jesus prayed so much is because he was in a culture that was that needed. It was it was, you know, he was a light coming to a dark world and he was lighting up the place. But this is why I think Jesus prayed so much because he got tapped into heaven's culture and the heart of the father. So that way he could continue to impact the culture with what he was tapped into. Is that making making any sense to you all? Because what you're affected by is what you will affect with. And so when Jesus is always going to prayer, he's just like, Father, thank you, Lord. And then the realm of glory would come around him when he's, you know, praising and loving his dad. And they're they're just, he's just going out. He's like, God, help Peter. No, he was just praying, whatever he was praying. And he was in God's presence. And he got captivated by the culture of heaven and the heart of the Father. And then he could continue to impact the culture with it. Because whatever you're impacted by is what you will impact with. And that's why prayer is so important. You can always tell, this is, stay with me, you can always tell uh, 
when your prayerlessness uh, is affecting your life because all of a sudden it starts depending on you and not on God. Have you ever had those moments where all of a sudden, like that last time we prayed for you or that last time we did this thing was like super ease and it just flowed because God was moving and then all of a sudden you got into your own strength and you're like, wait a second, what was different from last time? Oh, I'm trying to make something happen in my own strength and not relying on God. This is what a life of prayer does. It allows you to live in that ease and to live above the circumstances. Are you with me? Last thing, don't settle for less than God's best. You want a victorious mindset? Don't settle for less than God's best. This might sound a little intense right here, but I'm going to read to you Proverbs 26. The sluggard says, there is a lion in the road. There is a lion in the streets. Verse 14, as a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard on his bed. Verse 15, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and it wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. <laughs> I thought it would be funnier than that because when I read these passages, I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me, dude? This is the lazy man. This is what it means. When talking about the the lion in the road, this is, this is what it means. He's inside of his house and, and he's just like, you know, oh, I know I got to go do something with my life. I know I got to get up off this couch and stop watching all those channels that I got up on that satellite thing. But, and then your friend calls you and be like, hey, let's go do this or hey, let's go to work or you're, you know, whatever. And your excuse is so outlandish. What you're saying is, no, 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 I can't go out there. There is a lion in those streets. I cannot make it out there. I am sorry. I, it's like, well, and we're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we're, in, we're in Southern California. There is no lion in the street, homie. No, 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 no. Oh, did I say lion? I meant alligator. You know, and that's what I meant. There is an alligator in the streets is going to eat me. What are you talking about? We're in SoCal. No, no, no. Okay. It's that thing that's on the flag. It's the bear. There is a bear. And, <laughs> and you're making up so many outlandish excuses as to why you can't go after the best of God for your life. That's what he's saying. This is what it's saying. It says, as the door turns on its hinges, <laughs> the slugger turns on his bed. <laughs> oh, it's 1030. <laughs> oh, it's 1130 now. <laughs> One o'clock. I still ain't done nothing today. <laughs> 3.30, I just need a little bit more sleep. <laughs> and then it says, they, they reach out to that bag of, that, that bowl of Cheetos. <laughs> They're on the couch, in the recliner, watching The, the Walking Dead. <laughs> they reach out their hand. Oh, that's, gonna, that's too much work. That is too... That is way too much work right now. Honey, can you pick up my arm? Can you come over here? Can you pick up my arm? I, I want this Cheeto. I, give me the Cheeto. Even turning my head to look over at the Cheetos, that is a lot of work right now. And then your hands are stuck in a Cheeto bag all day long. You got cheese stuck on your fingers. You know what I'm saying? It's stinky. You know, you all know what I'm talking about when your hand gets Cheeto cheese all over you. It's just cheesified up. You don't even want to lick your fingers. It's that nasty. You know what I'm saying? You're just, 
We're coming to a close. Okay. Listen, listen, I'm telling you, sometimes we get so passive about pursuing God's best for our lives. We just, it's like we're sticking a hand. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to read the Bible. You want to pray? Come on. We're talking about fasting. I'm talking about feasting, homie. Give me some of those Cheetos, you know? Like. <laughs> and then we just settle for like halfway, man. We settle because we, because somewhere in there we just accepted defeat. Like, yeah, it's better for those people because they're passionate. You know how they got to be passionate? They got up off themselves. They forgot about the lion that's in the streets. They unhinged themselves from their bed. You know what I'm saying? They got their hand up out the Cheeto bag and, and you know, got some something organic instead. You know, whatever it was, they got up and started pursuing God. My friend was texting me today and he said, man, I'm trying to learn about fasting. I'm reading this book about fasting. I said, can I tell you something? Why don't you just start fasting <laughs> and you will learn way more than reading a book by it. <laughs> Someone can teach you all day long, but you're never going to know what it's like until you start doing it. I remember telling an example to somebody. I said, man, you, you know how like when you're fasting, like your spiritual awareness gets heightened and they all just looked at me like, I think, yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and I'm not even trying to say that I'm super spiritual. Jesus didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. So this isn't like, oh, this is what super spiritual people do. It's just what obedient people do. You know what I'm saying? Like the Lord has called us. I'm not saying like you just need to fast every day for the rest of your life. You need to ask the Lord about that. But all I'm trying to say is passionate people find a way to make the fire inside of them burn brighter and brighter every day. And they don't settle for less than God's best. And I believe that this is you tonight. I believe what the Bible said about you, that you are more than a conqueror, that you aren't passively going through life, just settling for less because it, rely, it requires some extra effort and passion and, and discipline and maturity. No, no, no. I, I think you're the kind of people who will go further and take, like I was saying earlier, we're the 120. We'll go a step further. We'll go even deeper because we want God's best for our lives. We don't want to just sit by and watch everyone else have all the blessings while we're sitting by going like, well, it could have been me. No, 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 no. You're more than a conqueror. And I really, I honestly believe that if you take and, and do these things in your day-to-day -day life, that you will live in, in a victorious lifestyle because you have a victorious mindset. Let's all just stand together. And I just want to pray for you. We have landed the plane and now we're just departing. You can unbuckle your seatbelts. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I, we did this earlier, but put your hand on your head one more time. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would grant us, God, the courage to, to change the things that we can and the serenity to, to just accept the things that, that aren't for us to change and to give us discernment to know between the two. Holy Spirit, I thank you for victorious-minded believers in this place. And even those who are listening by podcast, God, we thank you in Jesus' name that you would just release, God, just a spirit of, of just passion and hunger and, and, and all these things, God, this victorious mindset. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you would let the understanding of Christ, God, be developed in our minds. And, and, and we thank you for it, Lord. I thank you that each one, God, in Christ, we are more than conquerors because you love us and you set us up for success. God, I thank you. You didn't set us up for failure, but you set us up for success in every realm of life. And God, I thank you that in all these things, no matter what we go through, God, I thank you that you give us the victory through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Just say this with me. Say, God, I believe your word. And I believe 
that I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I will overcome and I will not back down. I am blessed. I am loved. I am highly favored. Your favor surrounds me. And everywhere I go, the blessing of God is with me. And I give you my heart and all the glory in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Bless you guys. That is it. It was a good night. Amen.